Sabah al-Yasmin, Sabah al-Khair from Bethlehem. On this morning show, we're really happy to have Danny and Johnny, the burnout. Danny and Johnny, with their family, started a fantastic project around Zatar. Thank you guys for being with us this morning. Sabah al-Khair, Fadi, thank you so much. We're really honored to be on the show and talk a little bit about Zatar. Hey, Fadi, Sabah al-Yasmin, Sabah al-Khair. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much for having us on today. Daniel, Johnny, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Before we talk about what you're doing now, I'd like to go back a bit in, in history. Your family is originally from Jaffa, and you're in the U.S. now. Can you tell us a bit the story of your family? Sure, Fadi. Yes, yeah, so our father was born in, in Jaffa. Uh, then they, they relocated to Ramallah for a bit. Uh, and then Amman. Uh, my mom also uh, was born in, in Jordan, but her grandfather is from Nazareth. Uh, they both came to the U.S. separately and were married here. Our father uh, was in college and dropped out to start a restaurant here in the U.S., which he owned for over 30 years, selling American food uh, because he thought that's all that would sell. And people wouldn't be receptive to Arabic food here. And like most uh, immigrant parents, their their dreams were to work hard so that we could get a good education, get uh, comfortable jobs, and and start our uh, you know the American comfortable life here. So you started your family project as a voice of Palestinian food in in your community, but also it, it's attached when when we talked before, it's attached to house memories of, of breakfasts with your father, with your grandmother. I'd really like you to tell us about this, because that's a bit what our food's about very often. It's something that starts in the family and then goes out towards the world. I think that's a, a very important point and very, uh, very near and dear to us. As you said, um, food tells stories and has a lot of nostalgia attached to it. And for us, this was in Zathar. Uh, growing up, I mean, we'd always see our dad eating it for breakfast before he left to work, before he left to the restaurant. And uh, I mean, as you know, and every Middle Eastern knows that we were told Zathar makes you smarter. So before exams, our parents would make sure that we would be eating Zathar for breakfast. And we would, and we loved it. And uh, in addition to that was uh, Mena'ish. And this is one of the most important memories to us and kind of why we chose to start making Mena'usha was because of all the nostalgia and, and the weekend memories we had growing up. Our grandma, our teta, would always come over and bake with my mom. And we'd wake up to the fresh smell of zatar and usha and fresh bread. And, you know, you just have like a cup of shai with some na'na and, you know, cheese and olives and all that. And that just reminds us of simpler times. And we, we really cherish that. Yes, zatar does make you smarter. That's what our parents used to say. And obviously it's made you smarter because you've transform that family memory and nostalgia into a fantastic business, fantastic in the sense that you're offering two things, Zatar and Mena'ish, uh, but not only in farmer markets where you started, but now you're distributing Zatar. And the other fantastic bit is that you're making Palestinian food and Palestinian culture 
something that is spoken about wherever you guys are participating, whether it's in the markets or in the stores. And, and that's great because your story in the family is, is quite interesting where your father, like many people who arrived to the U.S., tried to comply to a certain vision of what Americans want. But you guys are American and you're proud of your roots and you're Palestinian. How, how difficult has it been? Yeah, it, uh, I mean, it comes with certain challenges, but it's been so important for us to call out that it's Palestinian for, for several reasons. Is Number one being the, the Palestinian Zaftar is just the best Zaftar, and we, you know, we want to make sure that the quality is known. And number two is really preserving the, the connection to the land, uh, a plant like Zaftar, which is so symbolic, really, of the attachment to someone's home and where they're from. Uh, that's been a real focus for us. And people have been very receptive. Uh, a lot of people either maybe, uh, you know, don't know what Palestine was as a country. Uh, those who do have become more and more excited. There are people are really proud to see that we're, you know, claiming Palestinian products and, and Palestinian heritage. Uh, and Palestinian cuisine even has become more and more popular here in the U.S. And we're hoping to continue to lead that charge with many of the other great people doing similar work and making sure that, uh, you know, Palestinian food has its own name and that these recipes and these stories are continue to be shared and people make these attachments with these delicious foods and the hospitality and they attach this these values to Palestinian culture. You've been doing it greatly because your Mena'ish look fantastic and the Zatar is great. And I, I really like even the, the packaging you're using where you do use the generic word Middle East, but then specify it's Palestinian Zatar. You know, our culinary identity is, is about memories, is about hospitality, is about pleasure, is about this moment where you you share with people something that's really part of your identity, something that's really part of who you are. And I feel you're, you're doing it great and having your family involved and having your father. I mean, I, I love the pictures on your Instagram with your dad because you can see how much he loves Zatar and he's the one who transmitted the love to, of Zatar to you. How's your dad reacted from when he used to run restaurants that sold American food to now doing Palestinian Mena'ish and Zatar, how did, did you feel a change? Fatty, it's like you it's like you spoke to our, our dad before this podcast in 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 the sense that you're asking of uh, his perception of of us making Zatar and Mena'ushe, and it, it's spot on uh, having him grown up in the in the restaurant industry and it being extremely challenging and labor intensive, he definitely um, emphasized for us to stay away from food and hospitality uh, because of all the challenges that come with it. And we obviously saw that growing up and we'd work in the restaurants with him. And in the beginning, <laughs> I mean, his reaction and our mom's reaction were that were crazy. Like nobody knows what Zothar is. Nobody knows what Manusha is. What are you guys doing? Like you guys should stick to your, stick to your office jobs where you know, we're doing well, we're thriving. And uh, I mean, over time, I mean, over the past couple of years, it's definitely evolved. This perception has come around. And that's thanks in part to the community that has been very supportive and has loved what we're doing and have loved consuming and, and 
gathering around Zalter and Manish and hearing all the stories. Um, and now it's it's hard to keep him away from the business because he he really he really loves it and enjoys feeding people. And uh, and and now he's thankful that we that we did start it. No, I didn't speak to him, but I can see from the pictures that you're using how proud he is from I think both you guys and Z and Z, but also from the Manaish, and you can see this passion he has for Zatar. I think that's a beautiful homage from from children to to their parents and to the culture of their parents, which is also your culture. When when we spoke before. You mentioned coming back to Palestine, and that that trip was particularly marking for you. Do you want to share that with our listeners? Sure, Fadi. That was such a such a special trip. Our, our parents, like many, when they came to this country, were just so focused on on working and providing. Our our father uh, never had a chance to to go back since he first left uh, Palestine. Uh, unfortunately, two years ago, we were able to take our parents back. For the first time, I'll never forget, as soon as we got to Ramallah, we went to our aunt uh, Randa's house uh, and she made us the most beautiful, delicious msakhan I've had in my life. Uh, there was an amazing sunset that night and we got to see a lot of the rest of the country. We um, we eventually took a trip to, to Yaffa, uh, where, my, where my father grew up, to try to find his childhood home. Uh, and uh, I'll never forget uh, him going around asking people, trying to you know, find the, the location because it's the streets have changed and, and saying, you know, the, the ocean was in front of it and the orange trees were behind it uh, and such a powerful image. And I remember the response uh, from some of the, the local Palestinians there who said, uh, my friend, the, the orange trees are long gone, uh, which is, is very sad, but also a very strong memory. And also, as we continue to, to look for the house, uh, we were introduced to a, a, a longtime resident there named Abu Shahada, who, who was so kind to let us into his house and, and pour us tea and cookies and snacks and talk to us about the history of Palestine. Uh, and the thing he told us that will always uh, stick stick with me is that the best thing to do for Palestine is to keep it in your heart and keep it on your lips. And that's what we try to do in our business is to make sure that uh, the connection of the food to the culture and our history is always preserved. And that uh, is a real motivator for us uh, in everything we do. Thank you for sharing that strong memory of Jaffa and the words. The words of Palestine, because you are the sons of people who left the country to the U.S., and yet your parents have managed to bring you up in this very, very strong identity and Palestine's on your lips, but Palestine's in everything you bake and everything you taste and everything you do. And, and that's beautiful because it's not just making keeping a memory alive, it's actually keeping Palestine alive. You mentioned Msakhan. Msakhan is dear to all our hearts. What are your favorite Palestinian dishes? When you come home and you feel like something Palestinian, what do you cook? Or what do you ask your mother to cook for you? Great question. For me, any time I, I was returning home, uh, when I've lived in different areas, my mom would always uh, ask exactly what time I was going to be home so she could prepare my favorite dish, which is uh, Maglub Zahra. Uh, I always love it. And still to this day, my mom will make it for me when she knows I'm coming and 
For me, I mean, it's tough because I have so many favorites, but if there was one I had to choose from, it would probably be Kusa uh, Nahshi. And, uh, I mean, hopefully one day there will be something from, from your restaurant because we hope to visit and would love to meet you in person. Thank you. Um, but I have no pretense of cooking as good as any Palestinian mother. There are two, actually, that's quite interesting. It's two different things. What we do at home, what's done in a restaurant. I'm trying to modernize Palestinian cuisine, so my foundations are my mother's cooking and my grandmother's cooking and and Kusamashi and Msakhan and Makrub at Zahir and Makrub at Betanjan and Maftul and all those fantastic family dishes. And I built on them uh, to try and create modern Palestinian food. So Zatar and Usha, what else? Not a dish, but another Palestinian product now. What other Palestinian produce do you each like? Uh, for me, Fadi, the answer is uh, very strongly olives. Uh, I love olives. My grandfather used to tell me if you eat six olives, it makes an egg. So every morning I eat several eggs that way. And of course, the olives are very uh, another symbolic product of Palestine, the land and the olive tree. I uh, will always stand there with uh, with the za'atar and olive oil as really signifiers of the Palestinian household. And uh... Uh, mine is easily Lebanese, and uh, it's very complimentary to, to adding za'atar and zayt on top. But also, have been looking at the uh, pea cream that you make with Lebanese and Leban Jamid, and, uh, and it looks amazing. And actually, uh, over the time, I've learned to make Lebanese, and now my teta and mom prefer my Lebanese, and have learned my technique. Uh, to making because they usually just make it and stick their their pinky finger into the warm milk to kind of see when to add the uh, yogurt to turn it into leaven. Lebanon, za'atar, leban jamid, um, olives, olive oil. It, it's all these flavors that are Palestine that bring a lot of sunshine. Can you guys describe to us how it feels and what's the reaction? when you're set up in a farmer's market and you start baking the, the manaish and the smell of za'atar and manaosha and the olive oil is, is coming out of your setup, what happens? It's a really wonderful feeling, something we put a lot of thought and effort into our, uh, our setup. We have uh, the Palestinian kafiyas hanging, we have uh, Arabic music playing, we actually use traditional saj, we have the, the pillow command for the uh, to take the bread to the oven. And then once the smell of the za'atar, you know, once it starts cooking with the zayt, we've actually had uh, Arab who say, I thought I smelled za'atar from two blocks away. Where I followed the smell here. The people, they get, you know, really excited because when they, when they see us doing it the traditional way, uh, it's what we set out to do is to make them feel like they're at home and to give them that experience and, and, uh, you know, those people who come here and, and really miss that, they get to get to see and feel. And when they come into our tent, it's almost like they're at our house instead of at a, you know, at a farmer's market stand. And that's been the biggest uh, accomplishment for us is to make someone uh, remember those things. To add to that, I still remember there was one time at the farmer's market, some lady was walking by and she saw Zatar and us making Manusha on Saj and she actually started crying to tears. And our mom was there to console her and, and talk to her. Just a, a beautiful memory. And also, we really love when customers, Arab, will bring us uh, shay to the to the farmer's market where we're making manusha. 
And I think that just really speaks to the hospitality of our culture. This message our cooking carries, which, which is very common to other cookings, but but ours, because of where we are and a lot of hospitality and sunshine come through it wherever you are. But what's the reaction of people that are not Arabs? Like people who bite, into, I'm just imagining somebody who's never had a manusha who bites into it and it's a load of new flavors. How is that? Yeah, we've seen a really uh, great transformation over the past few years. In the beginning, no one knew what it was. Uh, so we sampled heavily to make sure that we knew that once they tasted it, they would, they would grow to love it. So it went from people having no idea what it was, some people recognizing at least the za'atar and other people knowing manusha, maybe from their travels. And uh, a lot of people try to call it, oh, is that pizza? Uh, and in the beginning, it was something that we uh, we thought maybe is the easy way to say, oh, yeah, kind of like pizza. But over time, we, we realized it's more and more important to say, no, this is not pizza. This is manusha and it, it deserves its own name. And that's what we're trying to do now by introducing manusha into the grocery store and uh, making sure that it, it's always known for what it is and not trying to just fit in as a Middle Eastern pizza or something like that. And it's uh, the same thing we strive to do with our za'atar and uh, to make sure that we have the best quality so that when people try our za'atar, they know this is what za'atar is supposed to taste like. And I know in your last episode with May from Almond and Fig, uh, you talked about how some people make the za'atar and it's just absolutely not za'atar. And uh, it's really, uh, for us, it's scary to think of someone's first interaction is to try one of those other za'atars and and then that's their their experience and their knowledge of what za'atar is. So we're trying to make sure that we can be everywhere we can be so that when people try za'atar or they experience za'atar, they're having the the true, uh, the real taste of za'atar, the za'atar that's grown in the land it's native from. Uh, and that's what's fantastic, is you're, you're really using the real produce, the real stuff. What's next for za'atar, za'atar? What are your next projects? We're, uh, we're always continuing to, to use food as a vehicle to, to carry these conversations about culture and to preserve these stories. Uh, right now, we're still focused on just making sure Zatar and the Manusha become household names. We're, we recently got into you know big U.S. grocers like, like Whole Foods. So that's really our focus um, is making the Manusha culture here like it is in the Middle East, um, you know, really popular and that people uh, go crazy and they know the Manusha and they love the Manusha like we do. Uh, and always looking for ways to to share the, the beauty of our culture and share these stories through food, uh, which is the best way to do it. What you're doing, what a few people in different sectors, whether it's chefs, whether it's food artisans, whether it's cookbook writers. Today, there's really a new awareness with Palestinian food, and it's a collective duty we have, partially to preserve our culinary heritage and partially to share the joy, to simply share the joy of what our food means and, and those moments of pure pleasure when people bite into our food feel. We have a surprise. We're being joined by Isa, the father of Danny and Johnny. Isa, what do you feel now when you see your sons doing fantastic manaish and sharing them with the public that was for a very long time your customers in your restaurants 
we, we served American food at our old restaurants because we were afraid that people would not like our traditional food. And then when the boys started this, I told them a million times to stick to their jobs. Then the first time we were at the market, at the farmer market selling manaish, I was, I was shocked to see how everyone had a positive reaction. And even we had a knafe event event with the bearded baker guys and i was it, it was amazing to see how our food the manaish brought so many people together now uh, i am very proud of my kids doing manaish and bringing traditional food to the united states thank you we wish you all the best of luck. We're very happy that you are with us on the show, and I hope we'll be seeing you soon in Palestine with your father and mother, of course. Thank you, Chef Fadi. We, uh, we've loved being on and talking with you today. Uh, we've loved listening to every episode you've been putting out. The, the recipes and the interviews are all amazing and just such uh, rich stories to listen to. Thank you so much again for having us, and, and we'll definitely be seeing you in Bethlehem soon. Thank you very much, and we'll be seeing you in Bethlehem, and you'll be cooking Mena'ish and Zatar in Bethlehem. <laughs>